When we were going into 2023, the general consensus on the farm economy was that farms were starting the year in a good position and they had enough flexibility to weather any storms like market volatility. But as we get started in 2024, the news isn't as optimistic. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Chad Hart joins us. He's an economics professor, crop specialist, and market economist out of Iowa State University. And he walks us through some of the challenges that face corn, beans, and the general agricultural supply chain. He's known as Dr. Doom, but he promises the outlook for the new year isn't entirely gloomy. Okay, I won't necessarily go full doom on you here, but the idea is I'm going to describe it as we're returning back to normal. When you think back at 2020, 2021, 2022, what we had were some very strong years for the farm economy. And the idea is we couldn't expect that to continue. We've seen our prices decline. We're seeing things tighten up as far as profit margins are concerned. But for most commodities, I would argue we're around break-even, which I would argue is around normal. Now, we've got our definite weak spots. Dairy has struggled hard in 2023. Pork has struggled as well significantly. But when you're looking at some of our crops like corn and soybeans, I'm going to argue, no, they're settling back in towards prices equal production cost, which is the normal state of affairs. What hasn't returned to normal is the input cost side of things, the expense side of this equation. Those seem to continue to go up. So margins aren't necessarily normal. Uh, No, I'm going to argue margins are, but here's the difference. When you think about it, what we are used to, say you go back 5, 10 years ago, yes, we would have been talking lower prices and lower costs. Now we're talking higher prices and higher costs. So prices don't have to fall back to where they were to create problems for us. We have seen basically... Think of it as the profits we've gathered over the past few years, we've reinvested that back in agriculture. By that reinvestment, we have driven those input costs up to match the prices we have today. Now let's talk futures here into 2024, and I want to start with corn. I haven't had a lot of good things to say yet about corn, but what are you seeing? What are you seeing when it comes to supply, because of the interesting weather we've had, And into the planting season. Right. As we're looking at supplies, in the end, what USDA was finding, and I would say a lot of farmers talked to me about this over the course of this fall, things are better than we expected on the the supply side. We were able to produce despite the drought problems out there. Did it create some issues in localized pockets? Definitely. But when we look overall, this could be the largest corn crop we've ever produced, which is really strange to say in the face of a multi-year drought. So supplies, no, we know they're there. They're big. The challenge is demand. It's trying to figure out how are we going to utilize all of this corn throughout the, you know, not only the nation, but the world. You know, the idea is we tend to feed a lot, but we've seen some shrinkage in our cattle herd. So that's weakening demand there. When we look at the ethanol picture, well, that's been hit and miss over the last few years. It really took a hit through COVID and has recovered, but it's not growing and then the last piece is, tends to be our international markets. And that's where we have seen the biggest pullback when you think over the past couple of years. Is we've seen that international demand shrink as basically our corn got high priced relative to the rest of the world. And the rest of the world started producing more corn. Is that the same story for beans, though? Let, let's take a look at that other, the other top crop here. Are they in the same boat where they are going to need demand? Uh, They do. Uh, In this case, corn and beans are very similar in that aspect. Now, with beans, 
this year's crop isn't a record crop like we're facing in corn, but we're still talking about a lot of beans are available. Supplies are, are strong here within the U.S. We've seen domestic demand growth, but it's not enough to, to meet what we need in the market. And where we've seen the pullback is in that international demand. But here I would say we face, let's call it even stronger international competition. We have seen Brazil really ramp up soybean production over the past five years. The reason we've seen over the past couple of weeks soybean prices strengthen is because we're watching them deal with a problem we haven't had for a while, too much water. It's delayed them in planting, and the longer they're getting delayed, the more we think, okay, that's lessening that competition out there and helping boost our outlook for soybeans going into 2024. So, Chad, do our trade organizations then have a lot of work cut out for them trying to grow this? It sounds mostly international need for our top grains in the U.S. And what are the strategies should they be implementing to to make it happen? Well, I think that we're both looking both, let's call it internal and external. So we're trying to figure out what are different ways that we can use more of our crops domestically. On the case of the soybean side, for example, there's been this big push to create more crushing facilities with an eye towards renewable diesel continuing to look at the biofuel you know, pathway to create more demand. When it comes to our international markets, what we're looking for there is, oh, let's call it, we've dealt with our big customers. Where are those smaller customers that could represent more tremendous growth as we look out there? So you're seeing more concentration, for example, in Southeast Asia, south of China. So we're talking to the Malaysias, the Vietnams getting into those markets and seeing how much growth we can develop there. And so that is always the challenge, and arguably with you know ag trade, that has been the challenge since we started trading commodities, is trying to figure out how do we match up with those potential international customers. I want to end the note here on pork in particular, because that has just not been a, a happy story this year. As you had told me ahead of this interview, it too comes down to sheer demand, not just internationally, but here domestically. Why is pork in such a tough spot right now? I think pork's really struggling because the industry was gearing up. Because, as you mentioned, the idea is when we started in 2023, the idea is things looked pretty good for a lot of industries. The pork industry had geared themselves up for growth, especially based upon very strong international demand again, 2020, 2021. That fell out of bed in 2022 for them. So we first saw an international problem that backed up pork within the U.S. market and created a domestic problem as well. We are sitting on a boatload of loins that we don't know how to basically get rid of them right now. And we're searching for what's the avenue there. And I think a lot of that issue comes back to the way consumers have been changing over the past few years. We are seeing more, you know, as people came out of covid We're buying less for home consumption. We're buying more to restaurants away from home. And that tends to favor beef and poultry and not pork. Pork does better at home as opposed to away from home. Chad, anyone listening to this might think, how is there a need for demand when in the headlines we see that there's hunger here locally, there's hunger overseas that is a huge problem. So why is there a demand problem? It's supply chain, but it's also income. And when you think about it, the idea is, Typically, especially with hunger issues, it's more about they don't have the income to necessarily purchase the products, but no one's making that product for free either. And I think it's, if you will, aligning 
our different products with the customers that can't afford what they need. There was some discussion here earlier today that we were talking about, you know, the idea of sort of niche markets versus commodity markets. And you can think of commodity markets are where we're trying to sell to everybody. It's the same product, but we're trying to keep it low cost. Where our niche markets, we're able to provide different attributes in whatever the product is, but it's going to cost you more to get it. And it's properly aligning those two. As you say, the idea is we see food deserts, food islands, where we're misaligned there. And it's difficult to do because you never know when, like say, consumer preferences change as well. And so, you know, for a while, bacon's hot. Then everybody moves away from bacon and, you know, they're moving to some other meat. And you tend to see these waves within consumer preferences that make it challenging for ag to truly get that balance well. I'll give you a final thought. Outlook on 2024, last words for us, just in general. Uh, let's call it definitely more challenging than the last couple of years. And I'm going to argue a return back to normal conditions in that overall in agriculture, like I say, costs are going to be very similar to prices, which means we are having to better manage not only our production side, but on the financing side within agriculture to get things to work out. Because if we don't do that, then we find ourselves in a hole, kind of like we did 10 years ago, where we did see some farm consolidation. We did see, you know, some true financial heartburn hit within agriculture because we couldn't get that balance back on the finance side. Professor Chad Hart along with us from Iowa State University. He's a crop specialist and market economist giving his 2024 agricultural outlook. Being he's from Iowa, we did focus on corn, soybeans, and pork. The general theme Demand needs to be stronger internationally in order for producers to see better prices in the new year. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.